Welcome to Everyday Evangelism, a new podcast series building up everyday Christians and churches for God's urban mission. Together we'll explore how we can confidently share Jesus in different urban contexts and connect with people on the margins of society. We're so glad you can join us. I'm Jason Roach, Director of Ministries at London City Mission, and I'll be joined by a range of guests for topical discussions, inspiring stories, and practical tips. By God's grace, we can see Jesus Christ known in every community. In this episode, we're thinking about inspiring local churches for mission. And so that means that there probably is a more specific focus on church leaders and leadership teams than there might be in some of our other podcasts. But we do hope that even if you're not on a leadership team, that there will be some inspiration and nuggets that will be helpful for you personally and some things that maybe uh, you can take to the wider church. I I myself, before I became director of ministries at London City Mission, uh, was a pastor for over 10 years on a housing estate. I'm still uh, on the eldership there, led that church through COVID. So I just want to say I know what it's like. Uh, I know how tough it can be. We're not here to, to beat anyone up but to encourage you about small steps that we can all take. Uh, So we'll be hearing uh, about a couple of specific stories, the story of Mosaic Church, which is in uh, southeast uh, London, and Inspire St. James, which is a church in Clerkenwell, North London. And we'll be thinking about churches who are just trying to get started, where maybe there doesn't seem to be much mission going on at all. And we'll also be thinking about churches where maybe there is lots going on, but we're trying to think, how can we go a little bit deeper? What other things might we do to take things even further? And as we go through, there'll be this thread that that really is running through the whole of the podcast series of thinking about who are we seeing and who are we listening to? Well, it's great to introduce our guests for today. Um, We've got Alex uh, Brito, who is the pastor of Mosaic Church in South London. Really good to see you, brother. It's a pleasure to be here. And Wayne Fung, a colleague of mine working in uh, my department, one of our mission mobilization managers, even. Good to have you here, Wayne. Thank you. Brilliant. Well, look, let's start, as we should, by thinking about how the Bible can help us and just thinking, okay, what can we learn from Jesus about where we could start in encouraging people, inspiring people for mission? Perhaps I'll start with you, uh, Alex. Yeah, when, when I think about mission evangelism, I, I like to start with Matthew 28, verse 19 to 20. However, it's, it's instruction, right? So it's hard to fully understand what does it mean to go and make disciples Um, So I tend to also go to John 4, because Mm -hmm. I see a clear example, a practical example of what it means to engage with with people in order to evangelize them and establish them in the church. So I I would say one of my favorite passages is John 4, um, Jesus engaging with the Samaritan woman. Yeah. Okay, okay. And and in that, he is, I guess, going... Uh, to places and to people who are on the margins. That's right. Uh, People who might even be overlooked. So in that context, for instance, um, Jesus, as a Jew, he was not meant to be 
hanging in um, Samaria, but he did. He did go to Samaria, and in verse 4, he says that he had to go um, as if it, it was God's will for Jesus to be there engaging with that marginalized woman. Mm, thank you. Mm. Okay, so Wayne, so we're thinking, how does the Bible help us to get started as we're thinking about inspiring churches for mission? Yeah, I think one of the most powerful ideas the Bible has about mission is hospitality. Huh? So showing welcome, not just welcome to anybody, but welcome to those who are actually strange and rejected in society. So Jesus does it very well. He doesn't do like a program, an event. He doesn't try to solve the problem. You ask, um, you can I come to your home? Mm. You'll eat and drink and talk to people who nobody wants to talk to, especially those that are really outcasts. Yeah. Which are fascinating. Yeah. And I think a lot of that is to do with how hospitality it reflects that warm welcome that God shows to people. Especially those who are already kind of like dishonored society. So imagine you are nobody. He's like, oh, God welcomes you. He's like, what does that mean? And Jesus comes and he kind of like... Shows to, it. Shows yeah. it. And you really feel like my dignity has been restored. Yeah. Yeah. And that's part of the gospel power. Thank you. And in some ways, we see that modeled in John 4. Mm. We can think of hospitality as you've got to have someone coming to your house and giving them a, a meal. But actually, Jesus goes to where people are and is a, a guest a hospitable guest yeah. where they are sort of thing. Yeah, so thank you for that. And I'm thinking also when Jesus even sends people out two by two, uh, the model is um, enjoy people's welcome. And in that, in that environment of, of actually stepping onto their turf, see what conversations emerge. Don't take anything with you yeah. because you need to rely on their hospitality. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so this is something important that we need to take into account when thinking about evangelism. I mean, be ready to even to accept people's hospitality. So going back to what you were saying, instead of creating a program, why don't you just be open to be received by others in your community as well? Okay, yeah. mm. which is which is a small step, isn't yes. it? As you say, suddenly the burden is off. We need to start something new. That's maybe not. Mm. It's mm. just mm. receive others. That's right. Okay. Well, if that's kind of where we want to start, think now about where we're trying to get to. What what would a missional community, a, a missional church, look like? What's the ideal that we're aiming for? Um, would we say something about? I know contextualization. Start us off, Alex. Yeah, and I think I think that word that you just used, contextualization. I mean, but but what does that mean? It means you understand your community. Don't make assumptions. Actually, spend time with people. Walk with them. Listen to their stories. Understand what they value. Yeah. Understand their word veil um, before you even <laughs> share the gospel with them. Yeah. Because nowadays um, we can easily share the gospel, right? We can. I mean, we can uh, communicate the, the gospel, but that doesn't mean people in our communities can actually understand <laughs> what the gospel is. Okay. Yeah. So in order to help them to understand the gospel, we need to understand them. Mm. Then we can find different ways to communicate the gospel and help them to also understand um, the bad news. Because <laughs> again, if we don't understand that, even 
when we use words such as sin, repentance, judgment, it, it, it may not make sense to them, repentance. So when we understand that, uh, we can actually communicate the bad news and the good news in a way that makes sense to them. Thank you. And again, this is a small step. This is way before a program. This is merely actually just talking yes. to people, yeah. understanding people who maybe we haven't lent, le leaned into up until this point. It, it's what I call engagement. So before you evangelize, before you scatter the seed, you prepare the soil. You understand yeah. the soil. What, what needs to be removed from people's mm. heart? What are the rocks, the thorns? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> how, can, how can I... In, 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 with the Holy Spirit help to plow people's heart. Mm. That's how I see contextualization. Thank you. <laughs> you understand the soil before you plant the seed of the gospel. And we want to be intentional, don't we, uh, Wayne? We could be intentional yeah. about yeah. evangelism being part of the culture. Yeah, I think so. I think what really helps my observation experience to church to be really fruitful in being a missional church it's not having like just new methods yeah you need a complete new mindset yeah sounds obvious but it's like what is your um kind of like dna origin of the church yeah yeah so mission yeah. it's not simply another arm in the department yeah, another no, job that some people do. Yeah, yeah, not a side thing. It's yeah. like it's ingrained mm. in the fabric, everything about your church. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I think one example could be like is when we go to shorter mission trips. Mm. Yeah, you, everybody mm. knows it's missional. Yeah, <laughs> if you go to, we used to go to Croatia uh, for mission Roma people, and the building is like no roof, no windows, brickwork. Wow. Yeah, no slides, nothing. Yeah, mm. nobody would ever complain about the quality of worship, <laughs> the, the lack of language, anything, because everyone knows that this is missional. Mm. Everything that we do about caring for one another, mm. our prayer, our resolving conflicts and and shortcomings of people yeah everything was orientated around mission yeah so we have to deal with these things and growing maturing because of mission and that's part of life as a church yeah and then so how do we practically so what would that then look like give us an example of what that would then look like in the life of a local church what one simple thing could be when we think about um teaching yeah. or preaching are we thinking about a missional framework lens to see everything that we teach for, for example the whole year yeah yeah so like the life of jesus for example ingraining in everything we teach up front in a small group from wide to deep everything with a missional lens yeah that's very important very simple but sometimes yeah. it's our, our topic could be sporadic but everything have a missional purpose to it okay another one could be it's a bit more radical but far out every church most churches we think about membership yeah huh Imagine you and your membership requirement or part of your classes, yeah. you say to people, to be part of the church, you want you to be part of a missional activity, go on to do something together. So what he's saying is right at the beginning of a church, he's saying, come follow me, I'll make you fish as a man, <laughs> literally. So you actually practice that in the beginning. Yeah, yeah not yeah. something later on, but you want to become part of this body. Mission is important. Just integrating it yeah. into the very lifeblood of the church right from the beginning. Okay, well, look, we want to ground this. And, and Alex, I think it'd be great to hear from you this just story that you've been through, the journey that you've been on as you've been seeking to inspire your local church for mission. Tell us something about that, brother. Well, I'm going to start by making a confession. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I was, I was not into evangelism, um, mainly because I think, um, I'm going to be honest, I think pride and fear was, um, yeah, they were huge obstacles to, to any kind of um, engagement or evangelism in the past. But as I, as I wanted to see a church being missional and growing because of evangelism, I, I think God began to challenge me um, and somehow helping me to put aside my pride and fear. Uh, by challenging me, uh, I remember one day I was I was praying for for some people. I was somehow engaged and evangelized, and I, I said, "God, please save them." And um, as I prayed that, I could I could feel my conscience or the Holy Spirit actually rebuking me. Why Why do you want then um, to be saved? Is it Is it because you want to see the growth of your church or to see my kingdom being expanded? Is it because you have compassion? passion for these people? Is it because you really, really want them to be with um, with me in eternity? And mm. the reality was, I was asking him to actually save those people to grow my local church. So from that day, I think I began to be challenged by God to actually to have compassion for people. Mm. It was when I... <laughs> I began engaging with strangers on the street. I said, okay, now I'm going to yeah, I'm going to humble myself here. I don't like this. I find it difficult. I I I still shake when I go out. Um, but God, God began to work in, in my heart and in the community in a way that I I wasn't expecting. So through door to door, in other words, by actually knocking on people's door and introducing myself to strangers. Um, I began to see um, some fruit of that. Um, what were you saying? So you're knocking on doors, introducing yourself. Well, you're just saying, "Hi, my name's Alex. I'm a local pastor." I I don't yeah. I don't even say I'm a local pastor because for some of them that might, might not make sense. I just yeah, say yeah. I'm a local Christian yeah, and yeah. I'm here to look after the community. Yeah. Um. By when you say that, they are already trying to <laughs> to understand whether you yeah, yeah. out of your mind or yeah, yeah. anyway. So I introduce myself by saying I'm a local Christian. I'm here to look after the community. Yeah. How could I be praying for you and for a lot of people, Jason? The reality is, he, especially here in London, a lot of people here, they don't have a Christian friend. And they never had someone asking that simple question. How can I care for you? How can I pray for you? And believe it or not, whether I'm knocking on someone's door or stopping strangers on the street, very often they say, yes, please pray for me. And from, from that point, a lot of conversations take place. Okay, and the gospel can be better so, presented. So this is changing you. Uh, so God was doing a deep work in you to get you to the point of caring for the kingdom rather than just the, the growth of your church. My church. And then um, helping you with the fear that was stopping you from going out. How did you then begin to envision the other people in your church? So this is you. Yeah. Now how do you begin to envision other people in well, your church? Well, I never actually had the plan of envisioning then I, th- I i think well jesus he 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 recruited his disciples and he's he gave them the example right going back to to john 4 yeah, yeah. he was with his disciples mm. 
He then sends them away and he, he begins engaging with the Samaritan woman and we know why. He wanted her to understand the good news, mm, to, mm. to understand that the Messiah had arrived. Yeah, yeah. Um, and when they come back, they don't understand what is going on. But later on, they understand, well, he was setting an example. So I think the way, the way I help my church to also engage with the lost, evangelize their friends, is by setting the example. But that's my expectation. My expectation is if I don't give them at least the example to follow, it will be harder for them to actually <laughs> follow me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, but I'm not expecting all of... I mean, I would love if all the churches get involved and sharing the gospel with their friends. But I know, I know how difficult it is. But mm. you're doing this. So you're yeah. you're setting the example. You're hoping that, that they will see your example and some of them at least will begin yes. to catch the yes. bug yes. and the Lord will work in their hearts as you're preaching and with this missional focus that they'll pick that up. So did you begin to see encouragement straight away? You did. From the congregation? Yeah. Ah, yes, yes. Because um, yeah, w one of the things that I began saying is, come out with me and just watch. Okay, okay, okay. Come, come with me and just pray for me because if I'm on my own, I find it hard. <laughs> but if I know <laughs> there is someone close to me, pray for me. I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but it, it gives me a huge encouragement because the thing is, Chase, and we know that we can't persuade people <laughs> Absolutely. To, 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 to give their lives to Jesus. But we know that when we pray, yeah. the Holy Spirit mm. might, might change people's hearts even, even on the spot. So, yeah, that, that, that was one of the encouragements. So often I've got people come with me. Yeah, just watch. And I, I also had people who came just to watch and they, they end up getting involved because they look at me and they think, we can do a much better job. Yeah. <laughs> this guy is struggling. For many reasons, for many reasons. Yeah, you see, I've got this accent and my English is not my mother tongue. So sometimes I, I go out with people and they're like, no, we can do a much better job than Alex. Let's, 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 let's get involved. But look, uh, I love. I mean, you. I we know each other quite well. You're an you're an inspirational guy. You're a positive guy. But but is it that it was always positive? This is my question. Like presumably, mm -hmm. sometimes you're going out. You're asking people to come with you, and actually, there are discouragements too. Many times, <laughs> but I got used to it. Jason, when we read the Bible, we yeah. don't see we don't see any promise that whenever we try to make disciples, we will see disciples being made on the spot. It can take years. The expectation is be obedient, be intentional. Again, going back to Matthew 28, go make disciples and I will be with you. You're not doing that alone. You're not, I mean, even when you reject it, you're not being rejected alone. <laughs> Jesus himself, mm. he came, God himself, he came, dwelled among us, and he was rejected. He was despised. So, yeah, I've, I've, I've faced that many, many times, but I know he's with me, and this is all I need. <laughs> this is the expectation I, I have. He's with me. If people get saved, praise God for that. It's not because of me. I'm just a two. And if they don't, it's 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 not because of me. It might be it's not their time or yeah, who knows? 
So part of the way that we're inspiring a church mission is really by asking the Lord to do a work in us. And, and I think your testimony is how, as you've prayed and wrestled with the truth of the scripture, you've seen God work in you and enable you to take people on a journey with you, to support you and pray for you. Mm-hmm. And you've seen change in them uh, as a result. Now, as we are trying to get started in uh, mission and evangelism and trying to encourage churches about other steps that they could take, um, I guess there's something you've said we are the example that the pastors need to lead by example. Oh, yeah. uh, I guess we need to understand our community as well. Um, understanding how they're wired, what they're thinking and so on and so forth. Um, how do we go about that? Wayne, if I come to you, just thinking about knowing our community, what suggestions would you give us for how we might begin to do that? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. I think if, if people are listening, they're really thinking, okay, we need to do mission. Yeah. We need to do this. And most leaders were thinking about what are the possible plans, yeah. strategies, mm. and events can do, isn't it? So yeah, we yeah. can think about it. Let's call LCM or call you guys. They're like, what do we do? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then and then we say, okay, members, come and do this. Yeah. yeah. And what happens? People jump on board. Well, no, they don't. <laughs> because oh, they think, don't. what has it got to do with me? Yes. Yeah. I think people need to be convinced about the problems before they can actually be convinced that they're part of any solutions. So people don't know that they need to care about something. So a lot of that is to do with, do we take time to take people out to observe what's going around them? A lot of times people come to church or the small groups, they go from A to B, they might not even see or they block it out. Mm. Just coming here, homeless people right at the tube station yeah Yeah. and there are more problems around us more spiritual deprivation yeah so a lot of things to do with discovery taking people time to take people out and listen Mm -hmm. and ask them what do you see what do you think god sees here yeah and where what can we do you do so it's not like a pastor saying, this is what you should do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the people say, I can't fit in my life. It's like, what do you think you can do that might fit? And what can you be part of a solution? I think that's a lot more powerful. Yeah, kind of creating together a plan, yes. you know. Yeah. And, and there are ways that we can know uh, our community as well. I know I was speaking to a friend recently who's talking about how Baptist pastors, uh, when they're getting going right at the beginning of their ministry, have to kind of... Um, do a, a survey of the area, know what the demographics are like, the different groups, and and look at what their church is like, yeah. and then see what the mismatch is and how how they might actually lean into those new areas, things they could do. But you're helping us to think. Let's not just do that without our people involved. Yes. Actually, get them involved in that process. Exactly. And sometimes when you do this and listen to people or looking about what's going on on around you. Your members might tell you, actually, uh, there are things I really care about. Yeah. You just don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, for example, in our church, there, are, there have been a lot of um, Hong Kong immigrants coming in. You might yeah. notice suddenly, why are there so many Chinese people in the streets? Okay. They're most huh? of the time, they're Hong Kongers. So, if you don't know how to notice them, I can come and talk to me. I can tell you who are Hong Kongers, who are not. <laughs> but the school gates. So, these are the places where do um, your members and non-Christian naturally will regularly be around, be, be there. Yeah. school gates supermarkets places like that yeah. and this member in the church met a um, new hong kong hong konger non-christian and realized that she was being quite distraught 
over some time in yeah. school gates yeah and they're talking and they got also both of them have a common kind of like grieving thing because both have migrant kind of grief yeah, yeah. okay and this christian member was able to talk to her um uh, just relate to her and also connect with the church community and after some time they come to church they're completely unchurched they yeah. didn't really speak much english yeah yeah but they would experience the hospi- hospitality as a good uh, thing and experience the gospel and after some time they became christian and baptized in their church and what wonderful example again about uh opening up expanding our understanding of what hospitality is not someone necessarily coming in but us going out john 4 again going out to where they are being a hospitable guest where people are praise god praise god and um in that um getting people involved wayne i know that you've got a passion for crossing the generations as we do that Okay, that's a, well. Yeah, you are leaving, <laughs> yeah. but it's okay. I recently heard a really fantastic story of how missionaries um, talk about this, and they've been reaching some university students, teaching them about how to reach Muslims. There are lots and lots of um, people from other cultures and religion in our society, especially young people, yeah. and God is doing an amazing, special thing among young people. Yeah. Young people are passionate. I think the faith a lot less cynical than most of us yeah yeah I agree. and they think okay we need to our friends uh we need to look at how they're doing and they'll reach out and she's talking about how these christians university students able to during lunchtime share what they've been learning to the muslims yeah in school in the university now here's the thing uh, a lot of times the young people don't have any influence in the churches yes they don't have a seat at the table. They don't mm. have influence. People don't notice them. Mm-mm. But this is what the point. This is happening in our Christian communities, in the churches. Yeah. So the, the thing about to church leaders and older generation is, do we give time to notice what God is doing amongst these different groups yeah. and subgroups? Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. giving them space to share. And this could be inspirational. Yeah. And for young people listening, talk to your leaders about what's happening. <laughs> you know, uh, just earlier today, I was speaking to Charlie, our, our um, Pan London Schools uh, team leader, and she was saying there's been a big survey. We'll, we'll make sure the details go in the, the, the links uh, to the podcast. But she was talking about a big survey that was recently done, talking about um, asking the opinions of uh, youth who were in churches and asking their youth leaders what they thought the problems were with evangelism. And the youth leaders were saying, oh, the youth aren't confident. The youth were saying, we just don't know how to do it because no one's teaching us. And uh, there was one quote that was saying, when I go to my rugby club, um, they teach me to play rugby. But when I go to youth group, they don't teach me how to share the gospel with my non-Christians, <laughs> my non-Christian friends. So so there's a hunger. That's yeah. the point. In, in, there's a hunger there to, yeah. to know and actually, they're already trying, but not not being equipped. So, so in some cases, that might be. We're going to uh, move on to think about uh, that point at which we're trying to take people out uh, with us. We're moving beyond kind of creating the plan to actually what we what we do. And I think you mentioned before something about evangel engagement comes before evangelism. That's right. Do you want to say any more about about that? Yeah, I mean. I know, I know a lot of us church leaders like to make the distinction between evangelism and discipleship. When 
I don't see Jesus making that distinction. And again, if we go back to Matthew 28, verse 19 and 20, he tells us not to go and evangelize, but to make disciples. Mm -hmm. But you make disciples by engaging with people. And we can link again this to John 4. Yeah. Jesus engaged in conversation with the Samaritan woman. He doesn't start sharing the good news that the Messiah has arrived. Huh? He engages in, in a conversation about water. <laughs> um, so, yeah, engagement would, would come before evangelism. And we live in a secular, plural, yeah. <laughs> post-Christian yeah. society. Yeah. We need to engage. We need to have. We need to even understand what are the misconceptions people have about the identity and mission of Jesus. How do we do this? What does it look like to engage? Give us some examples. It means being in, being intentional. Yeah. Just going out there, yeah. talking with people. Yeah, yeah. Um, engaging with strangers so they can become people, uh, your friends. Yeah. It's by having meals with them. So there is a guy in my church where he's, he really struggles to stop strangers on the street. But when, when, when he gets someone and, uh, and engages in conversation, the first thing he does is to arrange a meal with that person. So this is the best way to engage with someone. Um, so you sit down with, with them in a coffee shop or a restaurant um, or in a park. And you build this uh, kind of friendship. It's yeah. it's it, it's you engage by building friendships, yeah, yeah. Um, and then trying to find ways to build that bridge between engagement and evangelism. Yes, there are some people for whom they're going to find that easy. Again, you're quite an outgoing person, so for you, to get, well, I mean, you said that that was yeah. a work of the Lord as well. So, That's right. But but you've been able to cross that that mm -hmm. pain barrier and do that for others. I guess if there were something laid on in the church, like a mums and toddler group or coffee morning or something like that, that could be an opportunity for people to engage. With those who don't know the law english classes english thank you english classes yeah do we spend time talking about our our interests with non-believers they they have interest and we, so would you so if you think that you're quote unquote wasting your time watching some programs maybe that's the same program someone's watching that could be a good catalyst a platform to talk about some spiritual conversation I think anything that people do can be a, a, um, a segue into some kind yeah, of spiritual yeah. thing, especially now so many programs are spiritual. Yeah. I think nowadays people are not religious, but they're spiritual. Yeah. I think it's a fantastic thing. Some yeah. might not think so. It's like, oh, they're not Christian, but people are spiritual. Yeah. A lot of things people are exploring, you can use it as a way to, to as a platform to talk about things yeah. and actually use your interest. So just to check on my understanding, you're saying encouraging individuals within the church to see their own interests as opportunities exactly. rather than something they're doing over there before they come to evangelism. Oh, no, this might be an opportunity, actually, either doing this or talking about it. Yes. So this is built like that engagement. I think it builds connection. But also, it builds credibility Yeah. as well. You're not some far out alien person that you know what too high people normally think that's what christian if you say that's why oh, yeah. don't tell people yes. you're a pastor yes. think that you're like somewhere <laughs> high above and more spiritual but actually you're not <laughs> but so so create not distance yeah yeah so there are differences but not distance okay and jason we are often doing that i mean one of the best mission fields is the workplace yeah. And we are we're doing that all the time, talking about our weekend and our interests. Yeah. The issue is 
We are not trying to engage in spiritual conversations. We are not being intentional. We don't see that as an opportunity for God to be working someone's heart. So yeah. when you're having these conversations about common interests, find a way to actually build that bridge. Um, or, or, or when someone is sharing something quite personal um, at work about their struggles, why don't you turn to that person and says, can I pray for you? Thank you. And, and we're going to be doing this as individuals, but also uh, as you just building on something you said before, we're hoping to, to bring a group with us. Uh, we're hoping to identify who are the people who are showing real mm -hmm. desire mm -hmm. to do this. So uh, maybe that's happening as we take the lead and they follow. We ask them to pray for us or uh, we're in involving them in beginning to think about what's going on in their area. But there is this group that we're hoping to yes, emerge yes. as we're pray and prayerfully thinking about our area. Mm -hmm. Now, how do we take that group then outside of their comfort zone so that they might take the next step? How might we might we do that? Let me start with you, Wayne. Oh, that's a good one. <clears throat> I'll tell you a funny story. Um, I think a missionary, it was accidental in a way, but then we discovered <laughs> something fantastic, okay? So a lot of work we do is like we, we will go with churches in, in their outreach events. There's this particular church missionary we're working with. They set up some community kind of like um, out, uh, meal, drink thing, with yep. community. We've been training them and the mission are very equipped, very skilled, with cross-cultural engagement. And obviously the church will be quite dependent on the missionaries, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but... Lo and behold, the missionary couldn't turn up of one time, a few, a few times, maybe. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, no. This is disaster. Actually, it wasn't because the missionary weren't there. Yeah. They, the, 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 the members, then they're able to step up. They didn't know. I think they didn't know that they have it in them. I see. So what you're saying is, um, don't show up. <laughs> well, no, no, no. So, in, okay, this is like in 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 adaptive leadership. Yeah. So, talk about some deep deep cultural change where you need to shift people's beliefs yeah. about something. Yeah, it's very difficult, yeah. but you need to have some safe safe space uh, to help yeah, people yeah, know yeah. that okay. it's it's kind of like mm, adventurous, risky, quote unquote, risky enough, yeah. but not crazy, not yeah. crazy, okay. not dangerous. Yeah. So by by accident the mission being removed yeah. yeah then the people have to step up mm -hmm. to stretch them mm -hmm. they're failing the expectation at the rate that they can cope with mm. yeah so when the mission came back and it was realized wow all the work we've done not us not being here we can actually do it and then they thrive a little bit more so i think it's about creating safe spaces for people okay. to stretch them yeah but not being reckless not like you know what oh, just yeah. set up some plans and you go and do it no no, no that won't okay. work but but okay. take them along but then actually giving them places to thrive how can how can other churches help us as we seek to take that that fledgling group that mm. we're praying might emerge mm. Mm. Uh, to, to to take next steps in mission how about working with other churches be I, I i love that i think i think collaboration is is key especially in a place like london mm. um if you can somehow get other churches involved um in outreach mm. it can it can um it can be powerful um because the community will be asking themselves why are these different churches working together so they won't see something that is quite sad, right, between churches, competition. They were thinking, all right, so uh, actually they are, they, are, they are here 
talking about the same God. They are here talking about the same Savior. Um, and that that not only um, helps us to um, get credibility in the community, but to also to be helping those um, in our congregations who, who are quite fearful to do it. But when you do it with a bigger, bigger group, group, yeah, okay, they feel encouraged. Um, have you seen this work? Have you actually seen this so work? So we, we are actually <laughs> doing that where I am. Okay, <laughs> so go we've on. got five churches working together okay. on a monthly basis. So we tell our congregations we are we are going out um, next Saturday and um, working with other five churches in the community. If you're available, why don't you come and just to lower down their anxiety? We tell them um, there are a lot of people coming, so um, we know that you might be someone who doesn't like to be engaging with strangers on a street, for, for, for example. Yeah. So th- just come to see and to pray for us. My mm. experience is, Jason, they are often getting involved somehow later on. Why? Because they see God working. Mm. And as, as you were saying, when they see that, brother, it's when people start to <laughs> desire to get more and more involved. Yeah, that's, okay. ha- that's what happened to me. Yeah. I didn't like it at all. I had to force myself. But yeah. when I began seeing God work in people's lives, I thought, I want to be part of this. Amen. I don't want to miss this. So, yeah, by working together with other churches can, can be a great encouragement yeah. for our congregations, but also um, a, a great way to bring glory to Jesus in a community. Amen. Now. Um, I guess as we're sharing these examples, we're moving clearly along a spectrum. So some churches will be right at the beginning of this journey. Some of these things that we're saying might be for churches that are further down the line. But if a church is already involved in some sort of mission, how, what are some of the things that can help them to take um, take the temperature up, turn the temperature up a bit? And I know when you've talked about things like celebration mm. and uh, multiplication, just talk yeah. a little bit about that. I think sometimes in churches we do a lot of things, a lot of activities, but don't get to really hear mm. what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. So a ministry is hard. Yeah. So I think it's encouraging, not just for the members hearing, but the, the, those actually doing it, the leaders, mm. the people involved in here to celebrate these stories. Mm. And we'll talk about like what is kind of maybe quote unquote success. Okay. But I think when we set what's celebra- going well, what's going well, or, yeah. or even what's not going not well. Yeah. Okay. I think in Christian ministry mission, when we celebrate and talk about these stories is we are redefining mm. what is actually um, impactful or significant. Yeah. yeah. And, and Jesus and I think Matthew 10, 10 sent the, the 12 out. That's he right. talks about, yeah. Yeah. It essentially, paraphrase, expect persecution, expect people not to welcome you. In other words, uh, don't just celebrate, oh, I, I went out and knocked on the door and someone became a Christian. <laughs> you know, a, a story of incredible courage and uh, stepping over fear and God working in a miracle. Also celebrate the, you know, I had a conversation over coffee and it didn't really seem to go anywhere. No, because I think it reinforced the idea that you, we are partnering with God it's God, the spirit of of, of God mm. who's working in us. Yeah. That's more is important. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Well, look, uh, we're going to uh, hear now from Mary Germa. She's an outreach pastor at St. James Clerkenwell in North London. It's a church that London City Mission have been in partnership with. Let's cross over to that now. My name's Mary Germa. I'm an Ethiopian missionary. I work for Inspire St. James as the outreach minister. 
I came here three years ago um, to work specifically with reaching out to those who live in this area. Outreach looked very different for me when I moved here. I was really struggling with just talking to non-believers and getting to tell them about Jesus Christ. It was really a, a huge puzzle. It looked really different from how we reached out to people in Ethiopia. We started going, um, knocking on doors, meeting people. Um, and I met people from all over the world. As I first started reaching out to the local community through door-to-door -door ministry, I was really terrified. I did not like it. What's really helped me was to work with Dada, uh, who was an older uh, LCM missionary who had lots and lots of experience in reaching out to people through door-to-door -door ministry. The key thing he told me was, we're trying to win the person, not the argument. So once I really understood what I am doing when I am going out on the doors is building real genuine relationships. It was being truly um, moved by, by the person in front of me, loving them, wanting to create relationship with them. And the more I understood that, um, the more I became relaxed and I felt like I had a right to be there because all I wanted was real friendship. Uh, and I genuinely wanted to know about them and share with them the most precious thing I have, which is Jesus Christ. With people in our church, um, the biggest intimidation is um, obviously I don't know what to say when I'm on the doors or, um, or a doubt. Do I know enough theology to be out there? My role as outreach minister is not to only go on the doors but equip others who do want to go on the doors because LCM and Dada's clothes worked with me. I was able to really run far ahead and all the church volunteers who came along also benefited from that knowledge and I've been able to take about six people to go on the doors with me and it really made a difference knowing I know what I was doing and I had someone else model it for me I was able to then model to them uh, all the things that I've learned for churches who are wanting to connect with their community um, the biggest advice I would have is um, to do the outreach in two parts. One is to go out and to reach out because there are some who are just not able to come to us. Um, there are the elderly or some because they really have no Christian contact at all would never just walk into our churches. And the second way we can reach out is to have them come to us. We've got ministries like Inspire English who focuses on teaching English and Life Skills who focuses on those people who have um, lower income and then also hosting different kind of fun festival and event that people can come to. I think that really gives us that contact point where we can then start building relationships and point them to Christ. The biggest thing I have learned is that the harvest is ready, but it never really clicked until I actually went out there and we knocked on 1,400 homes. There was not a single person who wasn't happy to see us. So the harvest is really, really ready and God does want us to reach out to them. Uh, Jesus Christ said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. So when we are all about the Great Commission, we actually have all of heaven backing us up. It's not something we do for God, but it's something we do with Him. So every time we step out, we can be assured of His blessing and His endorsement, His provision. And God has been commissioning us to go into the world to um, 
make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the God who said this and spoke this is the same God who spoke the world into being. So we can be sure that we are going out with the authority of God himself and all of heaven's resources are backing us up as we do this. And when Jesus gave the Great Commission to the 11, um, it was very little that they actually contributed. It was not because of how much they knew or how brave they were that Jesus Christ entrusted his entire work on the cross to them. It was only because they showed up and as soon as they saw him, um, Matthew 28 um, says that they worshipped him. The only thing actually needed from us is a worshipful heart that adores Jesus Christ and then showing up and being present because if, if Jesus used this 11 to get the gospel out to billions now, he can certainly use you and I um, if we are willing and he will spread the gospel through us because it's really not about us, it's all about his might and his strength in us. There's something that um, Mary said at the end there was really powerful. She said, this isn't something that we do uh, for God, but something that we do with God. And I think you touched on this earlier, um, Alex, but, but just again, just, just remind us from, from Scripture why we know that that's true. Well, it is truth because, yeah, um, yeah as she mentioned in Matthew 28, all the authority that mm, is God, yeah. <laughs> God is telling us. Um, I will give you this authority. And in Acts 1.8, he tells his disciples, I'm going to the Father. My mission is accomplished. Now is with you. You receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Brother, this is power from God. To do what? To be my witnesses. So yeah, she she's 100% right. We don't do anything for God. We do with Him. Yeah. His power is with those who gave their lives to Him, who follow Him. They have the Holy Spirit. So we rely on Him and we give Him the glory. Amen. And I love at the beginning of Acts as well, it's the ministry that Jesus continued to do. Mm-hmm. So so it's, even though he's He's gone up to heaven, He's still the one leading the, <laughs> the, the ministry. Uh, and... Mary talked in that video as well about us going out as churches to where people are and then inviting them in. And again, could you give us, what does that look like for for your church on the ground? For our church, I think one of the, one of the things we did uh, in the past um, was to provide English classes, but we uh-huh. go back to contextualization. Yeah. A lot of people in our community are people like me, who um, whose mother tongue is not English, so uh-huh. they 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 need they need English yeah. um, to go to work to uh, to yeah to be part of London to be integrated, but by doing that we are not only contextualizing and engaging but also creating opportunities to help them to become part of our family, <laughs> to become part of God's kingdom. So English classes was one of the uh, one of the projects that we run in the past. Um, Yes. And then uh, in terms of having things to invite people into, Discovery Bible Study, is that something that you have done recently or in the past? Yeah, so there is someone in our church who owns a restaurant um, and he he doesn't open on Tuesday nights. um, And he often tells us to 
um, to use it if we want. So yeah, yeah, we we in the past we would use his restaurant to invite those we met on the street to come and read the Bible with us. Um, and it's a very welcoming place, well-known place, a restaurant in the area. Yeah, that was one of the things we did because the thing is, Jason, when you engage with people who who don't have any kind of Christian background to come to a Sunday gathering is mm. a huge step. Yeah. And when yeah. we put on them this kind of expectation, we get frustrated because we engage with them, but they never come <laughs> to a Sunday service. And the reality is it's just that they live in a totally different world. <laughs> mm. But by inviting them to come to a restaurant, it's a much easier step to be taken by them. Thank you. And I know you've had experience with Discovery Bible Study too, Wayne, and it's um it's it's even it's even more than just inviting one person, isn't it? Just say a bit about that. Yeah, I think what happens sometimes is is the people that you reach out to, they would be more infectious because it's where discipleship comes in. Where does discipleship begin? The person non Christian you meet, they might bring other people along uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. into that space. Yeah. And they don't even know what's going on, but it's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And they, and then by doing that, they're also being able to be able to hear the gospel. Yeah. yeah. And again, similar thing when we reach out to some Roma people in Croatia. I mean, they're very friendly, inviting home. It's like, oh, well, can we come into your home? Yeah. And we might share life, do some Bible study with them. And the relatives will come. So and so come in and out. It's extremely chaotic. Yeah, in our westernized, methodical, programmatic world, it's like this is not on because like please only people come in. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 it doesn't matter. Yeah, and able to hear, yeah. and they just need to catch something. Yeah, and that could be it. It's something about hospitality again, and uh, being able to bring all of the people who maybe have shown some interest into one place to be a group together who are on a journey, sort of thing. Yeah. yeah, and I think sometimes we want to get everything right. Uh-huh. I think the beauty about being involved in mission, the messiness is there's no ordered program. You mm. can't do that because the people you reach out to, it's it's very complicated. Yeah, yeah. And it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so we can relieve ourselves of some of the burden. Well, look, we're, we're needing to wind this episode up, but I want to ask each of you, what, what next step? would you encourage our listeners to take? Who wants to kick off? What next step would you encourage our listeners to take? I'll go first. <laughs> no, she did not go on. Go on, go on. <laughs> um, be intentional. Hmm. Be intentional. Do something. Um, you might not feel comfortable doing what I find it comfortable, like stopping strange on the street. Find something that you feel comfortable, but do something. Do something. Um, can I can I add another thing? Yeah, okay. Bonus. <laughs> if you one. are a church leader, or even if you are an evangelist in your church, why don't you sit down with other leaders in your community and say, mm-hmm. "What can we do together to see gospel renewal here in our community?" Or even, "How can we work together here to be helping a church in another community as well?" Because we're all part of the same kingdom. Mm-hmm. Let's work together to see God's kingdom being expanded and to bring glory to his name. So those would be my two tips. Thank you. And Wayne? For me, um, what I've seen work very well is actually hospitality. Mm. Now, you may not go as far as opening your your home table to strangers, okay? I've done it before. It you might true. take some time to get there. Um, depends how bold a stranger might be as well. 
But even you might meet strangers and ask them, hey, do you want, after some conversation, do you want to sit down for a meal or buy your meal? Most people, you'd be surprised, actually quite open to it. Yeah. Um, and, and But that sparks our conversation. And also the next thing will be do it with your family. What I found interesting is is doing it with my wife or doing my daughter. My my daughter is the one that constantly now clocks on and will be observant. Oh, that's a Hong Konger. I'll speak to them because she knows that this is what we do. They're strangers. They need help. They're new to the country. They need some help. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I love that uh, that idea of hospitality. And uh, and one thing we've 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 really been blessed to see bear some fruit is when we do that outside because again the step to come inside can feel quite big for people and so actually when when you kind of do something literally outside your house even or outside your flat um as it is the case for us um you know it, even if it's we're gonna we're gonna bring the kettle outside and some mugs and a little table and we're just going to have some tea on, on you know in front of our flat and we've seen people come to that and you know one guy just recently uh came just moved into the flat next uh around the corner and as a result of that said hey yeah do you know any communities that i could hang out with it's great to meet you yeah i i kind of do actually <laughs> he's now part of our church pray, pray, praise the lord it was simply offering hospitality but in a way that was a low bar because it was on the street he didn't have to come even have to cross the threshold and that enabled us to have the start of a conversation that opened up other avenues well look thank you so much for joining us i've had a, a great great time in this conversation but i love to ask wayne would you pray for us now brother and pray for uh, those listening that the lord would help us to take small steps to inspire our churches for mission. Yeah, sure. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you died and rose again, and you promised us that we will be empowered by your Spirit to be your witnesses. This is not by our own doing, our, our plans or our purpose that we created, but your purpose and your mission that you have completed and you want us to continue with you, Lord. So, Lord Jesus, I we ask that as we move um, beyond the four walls of our church whether it's in our neighborhood in our workplace in our streets in our school gates wherever we are lord help us to be your witnesses that we can be bold and even when we feel fearful and afraid and not sure what to do lord we know that you'll be with us and we pray this in jesus name amen amen, amen. well thank you again next time we'll be exploring how we can reach the world on our doorstep and work together to learn from other Christians uh, from different ethnic backgrounds. Join us then. Thank you so much for joining us. We pray that you've been inspired to take your next step in building connections and sharing Jesus with those around you, especially people on the margins of society. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, why not subscribe and recommend this podcast to a friend? Visit our Everyday Evangelism Urban Mission Resource Hub at lcm.org.uk forward slash resources to find all the latest episodes, as well as a range of helpful tools to help you confidently share Jesus and connect with people on the margins of society. Follow London City Mission on social media to stay up with all the latest content. Music